The Adelaide 36ers were in a world of pain at quarter time. They trailed by 17. At half time, they trailed by 18. And then they were inspired and they won by three. How did it happen? John Casey joins us. Hello, Johnny. <laughs> G'day there, Kimbo. Hi, Rich. Good to be with you. Oh, yeah, John. no, we appreciate hey, John, you being on. What was the documentary I saw you on last week? Uh, yes, uh, Rose Gold is a documentary that's been put together on the Australian Boomers and their bronze medal winning or Rose Gold winning a medal from Tokyo, um, oh, which was put okay. together and uh, actually was um, at its launch at the Melbourne Film Festival. It was very well received and was on the ABC last week and is still available on iView. And any basketball fans who haven't seen it, I can thoroughly recommend it. It oh, yeah. uh, documents... Uh, exactly how it all unfolded in terms of the history of Australian men's basketball. And it's been put together by Matthew Adekponya, who's a mm. former player who, um, when his playing days sort of were winding up, decided to get into social media and videography. And he's very good friends with Paddy Mills and was okay. given access all areas to go behind the scenes. It's a very worthwhile um a show for people to take a look at when they get a chance. Yeah, How do you it. feature in it, Coach? Oh, he's all over it. Is he? All over it. Brilliant too. Well, I get, yeah, having having sort of been involved in calling Boomers games now for yeah. so long that um, I was able to provide a narrative to it to just explain, uh, you know, connect the dots a little bit for the uh, program makers. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed being part of it. And it was, uh, I, as I say, I think it's really worthwhile, even for non-basketball fans. Uh, it gives you, a you know, an 80-minute uh a pricey of uh, you know the history of Australian basketball and the men's team in particular. All righty, let's move on to the 36ers case. Um, they've mm. been competitive all year, but just haven't been able to get over the line on enough occasions. They were in a world of pain in the first half. Oh, they sure were. I mean, oh, I couldn't believe it really there on Friday night against the South East Melbourne Phoenix, who had been in town some four weeks prior and had won easily by mm. 17 points against Adelaide. And there they were, as you say, up 17 at half time or quarter time and 18 at the half. And uh, things just weren't going Adelaide's way. And the South East Melbourne Phoenix were all over them. And uh, how did they turn it around? I've got absolutely no idea because it was just out of nowhere. And obviously, DJ Vasilievich was outstanding. 29 points for him, a game high. But Jacob Wiley played well, finished with 14 rebounds along with 17 points. And, uh, you know, look, that's uh, just one shy of the season record in terms of rebounding. Fenton Flowers was good again, 13 mm. points, nine rebounds. Um, Isaac Humphreys did his role. Jace Kadee uh, certainly had an influence as well. So uh, full credit to them because that uh, was if they had lost that game, I think most people were putting a line through them in terms of um, their playoff hopes. And now we look at the ladder and all of a sudden they're one game off the pace to getting into the play-in tournament. But there's still just one game off being on the bottom of the ladder as well. So it's um, it's a very compressed ladder. Uh, but right now, it's still their destiny remains in their own hands. And, um, yeah, they just need to keep finding a way to win. And I think they will learn a lot from that game and the way that they were able to get back into the game. Scored 61 points in the second half. So I'm sure the coaching staff will look back at that and say, well, this is how we did it. And maybe we need to use that as a blueprint moving forward. And that might mean, uh, you know, sort of tightening up the rotations a little bit, uh, maybe giving more minutes to someone like Trenton Flowers and and certainly uh, finding the group on the floor um, that's going to get it done for them. And a shout-out also to Kyron Galloway because he came in, I think the the uh, 36s were none of nine from long range in the first half, and he came in and knocked down two threes in the third quarter that really were part of the, uh, the comeback that uh, inspired the victory. 
every side needs a heartbeat or someone that's a catalyst to turn things around or someone that provides the real energy for a team. Is that what DJ does? Because we spoke to him, I think, a week ago, Rich. He's a very impressive young man. He is indeed and did commentary work for us on ESPN over the weekend. So he is, uh, look, he's really invested in this. And I, I interviewed him pre-game about his role because in Sydney, he was really uh, off the ball guard, a, a number two guard, if you like, where he, he was there to knock down threes and um, put points on the board. But here in Adelaide, he's accepted the responsibility of actually running the point as much as anyone else in the team. And they're blessed with that in terms of their depth with Jason Caddy and Mitch McCarron as well, who can also do that. But uh, he said, yeah, look, I wanted to take on a little bit more responsibility as well as scoring. And, and uh, CJ's allowed him to do that, giving him the um, you know, uh, enough room to go and do that. And he really does want to lead this team um, because he thinks that they've got enough talent there to make some noise in terms of the playoffs and even longer term he Mm. really loves being here in Adelaide he's living down at Grange near the beach Um, and like a lot of people that I speak to in terms of NBL players whether they be import players or Australian players they come into Adelaide play a game and, and then leave when they're the away team and they don't really get to see Adelaide but once they've been here for a little bit longer as DJ has this time he's he's pleasantly surprised he said this is a fantastic place people are so friendly um, easy to get around and so forth and he's, he's looking at it thinking well i can see a future here in adelaide so um this uh, not only is great for for our season at the moment but perhaps longer term with dj vasilievich that um it could be something that goes on a little bit longer than one season john a month ago and let's not hide from it the discussions about the 36ers and what they would be a wooden spooner would cj be the first coach to be sacked in the league to where they are now, is this group solid enough to make a case to be in the playoffs? Look, right now, Melbourne and Sydney have separated themselves from everyone else, yeah. in particular Melbourne, on top of the ladder. They are clearly the team to beat, and they proved that yesterday when they were able to beat the Sydney Kings, uh, you know, coming from 19 down themselves. Um, they're 10 and 2 on top of the ladder. Sydney are second, 7 and 4 defending champions, and clearly have more personnel than most. Um, so those two at the moment seem to be separating themselves. The Tassie Jack Jumpers have got seven wins. The Perth Wildcats are on a five-game winning streak. They're back in the frame. So right at the moment, you wonder about Adelaide's capacity to compete against some of those teams who have a, a deeper roster. I think they, there's more depth in those teams, yeah. and, and certainly they know what they're doing at the moment, whereas Adelaide is still finding their way. And look, Adelaide lost to Perth and lost to Tassie and were down 18 there in the third quarter against the Phoenix on Friday night. If they'd lost that game, there were that's three losses in a row. And, and you're probably thinking, well, that's it. The, the finals are over. So I, I wouldn't get carried away Okay. At the moment, uh, it's a bit hard. Jury's still out on them, um, but certainly uh, any win you can get in this league is a good win. Um, the weekend, there's no games this weekend because of the FIBA break where um, FIBA must, makes every league around the world apart from the NBA stop so they can release players to go and play for their national teams. Uh, and then we've come back the following week. But Adelaide's next two games are in New Zealand on the 30th of November, then in Tassie the same weekend on um, on the Saturday of that weekend. so And then they come back, the next home game isn't until the 9th of December. So uh, it's tough. They're, they're going to have to keep winning games. But as I say, I think right now their destiny's in their own hands. And if they can find a way to replicate what they did in the second half against the South East Melbourne Phoenix, mm. then they're certainly in the mix for playoffs. Okay. If they can't, uh, certainly their worst is has been pretty bad at times. And as I say, I don't know that they can compete with... Melbourne and Sydney right at the moment. So they've still got plenty of work to do. 
So momentum is important. Unfortunately, they get a 10-day break, though, until they play their next game against the Breakers. What about Adelaide Lightning? We had the absolute pleasure of having a chat to Izzy Borlase on Friday, was it, Roach? It was Friday. Yeah, yeah. Friday. Yeah, She's right. an absolute delight. Obviously, you would as well, uh, Case. No, uh, Jenny Borlais and, and Daryl Borlais, her parents. She was an absolute ripper. She starred on the weekend with 25 points. Yeah, look, she's a superstar. Uh, look, in the Opals frame, certainly for the Olympics next year as well. Um, she's averaging 19 points a game, which is basically second in the competition. She is a player who generates her own offense, and she makes things happen for those around her as well. So it's not just her scoring, which has been great, but she brings a whole. She brings the. She's got the complete package, and I think that's why she's so highly regarded, wow. and why we've seen her in the past being in the All Star Five. Uh, at the Under-19 World Championships. You know, top five players in the world for her age group, I think is an accurate description of her. Mm. And now she stepped in here, uh, rookie of the year last year, first season in the WNBL. This year, she's top two in scoring. And as I say, uh, makes others around her better. So with her in the team, look, she, you know, like I think like a mum and like a dad and certainly like a brother to a certain extent yeah. as well, they see the game before it's, you can see what's happening next and they read the play well and their high IQ and yes, you can have skills and athleticism and be a great shooter, but you need that as well and that's what she has. She's a tremendous player and look, they're doing really well, the Adelaide Lightning. I think everyone should get around them if they can. The next game's going to be on Thursday night, they're playing Townsville and that's a huge game because Adelaide are 2-2 two and two on the ladder, yep. Townsville are 2-1, and one. but the two losses the Lightning had, well, opening game against Melbourne, they look like they're going to win that for 80% of the game and their only other loss against Perth in Perth, where they led that game for a large uh, portion as well. So their, their form is really good, and Bree Stewart deserves a mention as well because uh, she's her, now with her second stint here with the Lightning, coming back um, from the uh, WNBA. But she's a tremendous player, and you know, look, she her rebounding is outstanding. She leads the competition in rebounding. She leads the competition in block shots. She's top ten in assists. I think she's third in steals, uh, and she is as good as any player in this competition. And so when you've got an, an import is as good as any in the competition and you've got, uh, you've got someone like Izzy Borlays and Izzy Bourne as well, mm. Lauren Mansfield, uh, they've got enough tools there at the moment to really make some noise this year, I think, the Adelaide Lightning. And uh, they play an up-tempo, exciting brand of basketball. I know you've had the coach on a couple of times and mm. she's doing a tremendous job with it as well. But um, I think the Adelaide Lightning, as I say, the next home game is going to be against Townsville on Thursday night at 6.30. Get down and have a look at it, uh, enjoy it. And um, because I think that um, they're set for... Uh, I'm certainly more bullish about their finals hopes than the Adelaide 36ers right now. Okay, well, well, yeah, well Iz Izzy did say that uh, she put out a call for all the supporters to get out there to get the crowd numbers up. I, I just want you to repeat that because we spoke to Izzy about playing last year, how she found it and getting a bit more attention this year and she said the physicality at this level was a lot different to what she'd experienced before. You're saying that uh, she would be, she will be in the Olympic squad next year? Yeah, well, look, she was in the squad uh, just recently um, and that was an extended squad. And yes, she was perhaps toward the back end of the squad rather than being right up the front of the bus. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And, um, you know, we're going to see Sandy Brondello, the Opals coach here in Adelaide next month to watch uh, Izzy Borlase play along with others. Um, that she's certainly good enough and has shown that she's coming through underage Australian representative teams at the World Cups that um, she's good enough to play. And look, she's a dynamic guard. She's so strong, but she's quick. 
And as I say, because her IQ is so high, uh, she gets to places where on the on the floor where she needs to be before the other players recognise what's going on, and she can make things happen and get her teammates involved. So she has X factor, and her credentials are already well known in terms of her Australian junior team activities. And certainly she is going to be, if she doesn't make the Olympic team for Paris next year, then she's certainly going, she'll be in the training squads. She'll certainly be around the mark. And then it comes down to, you know, needs and wants and the coaches, how they feel that they can best move forward. But she's right there at the moment. She is a very exciting player. Um, for South Australia. And only 18 or 19, so if it's not next year, it'll be at the next Olympics. Case very comprehensive as always. Hey, Johnny, we just want to say thank you for all you've done for our show over the last 12 months. We go and leave at the end of this week. We really appreciate it. You're an absolute pro, and uh, our show is better for having you on it. Indeed. Oh, look, it's always great to be chatting with you guys and, you know, what SEN has done for sport in South Australia since uh, since coming onto the airwaves has been outstanding and I always enjoy cho- uh, talking basketball with you guys and really appreciate the support that you give the sport and always happy to uh, help out when I can. I, I guess, uh, so do you go to the Bahamas or overseas? Bridge on does. A, how, how long are you taking off? I mean, November, well, December is, is still coming and you're going on holiday. Well, who are we going to listen to? I, I think the fans will be, uh, be uh, poorer for your absence, gentlemen. No, well, we had a text earlier and when we said we're going on leave and someone said, right, piss off. Um, hey! <laughs> no, someone did mention, because I said we had 11 years, 11 years, 11 weeks, weeks, 11 weeks, which we have, and they're saying, how can you get 11 weeks? Well, it's cricket. You know, yeah, it's all cricket, it's cricket on plus show, we, well, I work, I work every weekend, so that's another 30 weeks, so uh, it all evens yes. out, you know how it works. Hey, John, exactly. I, hope, I hope people do pick up that, that documentary on Australian basketball. The portion about breaking one Olympic campaign and starting with a new team was a Mm. fascinating segment of that documentary. Highly recommend it to all sport fans because it tells you about team building and the risk of not rebuilding. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, and it's as I say, it's called Rose Gold, and it's available on iView on the ABC uh, streaming platform. Yeah. Check it out and uh, watch it at your leisure, but uh, you won't be disappointed. If you're a sports fan, I think you, you really enjoy that. And just before I go, can I say, I think people are starting to realise how good Oscar Piastri is in F1 at the moment. Um, Having that Las Vegas Grand Prix in prime time yesterday afternoon allowed a lot more people who perhaps don't get up in the middle of the night or late hours Mm. to watch F1 see exactly what Oscar Piastri is all about. Now, he started 19th on the grid. He finished 10th, was third there uh, late in the race, and he actually had the fastest lap of any driver all throughout the race. He is a superstar, and we're going to hear a lot more about him, Oscar Piastri. Mm. And um, I hope that people sort of get behind him and support him and uh, check out a little bit more about what he's doing. Because at the moment, I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, And come the Melbourne Grand Prix uh, early next year, um, I reckon it'd be time. Really a good opportunity for him to announce himself onto the stage. But he's doing great things in a really tough and dangerous sport. Uh, uh, but I think at the moment, a little bit to under the radar, but certainly more good things to come for Oscar Piastri. His next contract will be an absolute beauty, as yours should be <laughs> as well, Case. We wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, to you too, and all to, uh, also your listeners as well. And uh, enjoy the break and look forward to chatting with you again when you come back next year. Thanks, good on John. you, Case. He's a gentleman, isn't he? Yep. You're not, Rooch. Um, as a statement, not a question. Wow. What? No, you are. Where did that come from? I don't know. Where do you reckon? (laughs) 